Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. For those of you new to the show, we're studying the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And today we're going to be in 3 Nephi chapter 11. Well, my friends, we've made it. 3 Nephi chapter 11 is the start of what many would consider the climax of the Book of Mormon. I've tried hard in this podcast to not spoiler what's about to happen. To fully appreciate the events that transpire in this chapter, one shouldn't just pick up the Book of Mormon and skip straight here, or else you might not fully capture the importance of what happens. Well, we're more than 80 episodes into this podcast since we first started reading the Book of Mormon, so I think we're ready for this. For me, I remember vividly the first time I read this chapter. I was backpacking across Argentina, reading the Book of Mormon as I took multi-day bus trips from one side of the country to the other. And as the years ticked by closer to the birth of Christ, I began to get excited. What was going to happen? I saw with the Nephites the new star appear in the heavens to signify the birth of Christ, and then watched with despair as the signs of his death occurred. Not knowing what would happen next, I, like the Nephites, was surprised to hear the voice of Christ come down from the heavens, pleading with the people to repent, to come unto him, to be healed, to receive eternal life. We discussed this in the last episode. Perhaps this was the big event of the Book of Mormon that I had heard about, the voice of Christ personally ministering to the Nephites from heaven. Well, there were still a hundred pages left in the Book of Mormon, and I had a lot of hours to go before my bus would arrive in Mendoza, where I would catch my flight home, so I fortunately kept reading. Quote, And now it came to pass that there were a great multitude gathered together round about the temple which was in the land bountiful, and they were marveling and wondering one with another, and they were also conversing about this Jesus Christ, of whom the sign had been given concerning his death. And it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven, and they cast their eyes round about, for they understood not the voice which they heard. And it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding it being a small voice, it did pierce them that did hear to the center. Yea, it did pierce them to the very soul, and did cause their hearts to burn. And it came to pass that again they heard the voice, and they understood it not. And again the third time they did hear the voice, and did open their ears to hear it. And they did look steadfastly towards heaven from whence the sound came. And behold, the third time they did understand the voice which they heard. And it said unto them, Behold my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear ye him. And it came to pass, as they understood, they cast their eyes up again towards heaven. And behold, they saw a man descending out of heaven, and he was clothed in a white robe, and he came down and stood in the midst of them. And it came to pass that he stretched forth his hand and spake unto the people, saying, Behold, I am Jesus Christ, whom the prophets testified shall come into the world. And it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, the whole multitude fell to the earth. For they remembered that it had been prophesied among them that Christ should show himself unto them after his ascension into heaven. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto them, saying, Arise, and come forth unto me, that ye may thrust your hands into my side, and also that ye may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet, 
that ye may know that I am the God of Israel and the God of the whole earth and have been slain for the sins of the world. And it came to pass that the multitude went forth and thrust their hands into his side and did feel the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. And this they did do, going forth one by one, until they had all gone forth, and did see with their eyes, and did feel with their hands, and did know of a surety, and did bear record, that it was he, of whom it was written by the prophets that should come. And when they had all gone forth, and had witnessed for themselves, they did cry out with one accord, saying, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God. And they did fall down at the feet of Jesus, and did worship him. End quote. Well, you'll forgive me for reading so many verses, but obviously what just happened is a big deal. Over the next couple weeks, we'll dig into more of Christ's teachings to the Nephites, but I want to call out a couple points here. First, Jesus makes a point of taking the time to invite each person up to feel the nail prints in his hands and feet. The last time we saw this was when Jesus appeared to his apostles in Jerusalem after his resurrection, which I think was just before this appearance to the Nephites. He told his Jerusalem apostles to also look at the nail prints in his hands and feet, and then even ate some food in front of them because they were having such a hard time believing their eyes. He wanted them to see, feel, and believe, believe that he was the risen Christ, that all the prophecies had come true, so that they could go forth with conviction to preach his gospel. Even with Thomas, who was having the most difficult time believing, Jesus took the time to ensure that his faith was solid before he left. The same was true for the Nephites. Jesus could have been frustrated at the people for their lack of faith over the years, but he doesn't care about any of that. All Jesus cares about is that each one of them, each one of us, right now, believes. He wants us to find joy and peace. He wants us to inherit eternal life from God. He wants us to know we're children of God and that we are loved. And so he takes the time to let perhaps hundreds of people approach him one by one to witness the miracle in front of their eyes. It's almost as if he recognizes just how difficult it is to believe. And so he's pulling out all the stops to help his people. The same is true for us today. While we don't have the opportunity right now to feel the nail prints in Christ's hand and feet, he will make He is making every effort to bring our souls back to God. No matter how difficult this might be for you and me, no matter how many times we take a step backward or even completely fall away, Jesus will continue to do everything in his power to bring us back. He will never give up on us, just like he never gave up on the Nephites and never gave up on even those who were crucifying him in Jerusalem when he said, quote, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. End quote. So whether we are the 99 sheep that stay close to safety, or the one sheep that gets lost, or even like Saul of Tarsus, the wolf that tries to destroy the flock, Christ our good shepherd will find us over and over and coax us back to eternal life. His goal is that we will make the choice to accept his invitation to follow him today. If we do that, then none of our past choices matter. We will be home with our Savior. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.